forever. Dog. Once you go in, you might not come out. This week on the podcast, Rosemary Wells's Through the Hidden Door. Welcome to another episode of Teen Creeps, the podcast where we talk about YA Pulp Fiction from the 80s and 90s. I am one of your hosts, Kelly Nugent, and I am joined by a very special guest. We're not covering a low dunk, so this is outside of the norm. I'd say surprise. It's a surprise surprise, that I'm over here. Surprise guest. Yeah. I'm so scared I feel like I could throw up. (laughs) From the Nintendo cartridges... From the Nintendo Cartridge Society, Patrick Ellers is here. <laughs> Kelly, thank you for Woo! having me. I Look, this is a problem I run into all the time. Cartridge? It's a fucking mm. hard word to say. I don't think that's what I flubbed on. I think I flubbed on Nintendo, didn't I? No, I, I think... Cartridge? No, because it's I, I'm very familiar with the... Uh, Nintendo like, Cartridge... Yeah, Nintendo Cartridge Society. Yeah, yeah, Cartridge Society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But thank you for having me on to uh, not talk about uh, a low dunk. Yeah. Last time we did, we were sort of like, have we hit the bottom? Yeah, because we- <laughs> it was getting kind of dregsy. Yeah. Um, but this, this book was really interesting. It, it, so it is a point horror book, which is crazy. What because, is point horror? What does that mean? So point horror is, um, uh, it was a publishing arm, okay. um, which was teen horror books and they often featured like proto like uh what, some of Arl Stein's first young people books oh interesting were point horror books um like the lifeguard um the boyfriend um so before fear street yeah sure before goosebumps um and they have a lot of other authors too like uh Richie Tankersley Cusick and I think a couple of the later low dunks, possibly. I don't think so, though. Um, hold on. Uh, point because horror. Because this, this isn't nearly, like, weird enough to go, like, toe-to-toe with, like, a, a anything R.L. Stein, right? No. I mean, okay, so so they're, like, Rich, Richie Tankersley Cusick's The Mall. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. The Lifeguard is Richie Tankersley Cusick. Uh, R.L. Stein's Beach Party. Um my secret admirer Arl okay. Stein's the boyfriend so they're sure. all like yeah. like pulpy like and then like this like the the thing that me and Lindsay wrote for all of us to perform yeah totally that's like point horror this was like i mean and 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 if you see here it has won some awards it's like uh it's the edgar award winning she's mm-hmm. an edgar award winning author i don't know if she won for this i believe this one or no this is an edgar award finalist okay so okay. maybe not a winner Okay, nominated. <laughs> and honestly, it's an honor just to be nominated. It's an honor. I mean, look at everyone around me. What wonderful company. It's, um, I, I, I am honored just to be mentioned in the same breath as yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my fellow nominees. Um, this book felt, it was a little Goonies-ish. It's a little Goonies-ish, but, but it's, it's also not. It, this book is two books. Right? It's like the outsider or like, you know, those kinds of books. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. What were you gonna say? No, just that it's it's like two things. It, it's like this uh like boarding school uh bullies yeah. and like headmasters out to get you. It's mm-hmm. like that story. But then it's also we found weird little dudes in a cave, but we'll never meet them. Okay. I I get why we don't meet them, 
maybe. I, 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 I don't know. I there's there's a lot about this book. Like I understand all of the incidents that happened, uh, and I suspect that there is like a metaphor for um like self hating uh, homosexuality mm-hmm. and like uh having a secret relationship in a secret place and that being destroyed when like mm-hmm. some boys come in and like make you feel stupid about it. Mm-hmm. Um like I get that like that metaphor like kind of runs alongside it, but I, I don't I it's it's so the book is just so fucking weird and like do, the pieces yeah. don't add up for me. Not at all. Like cause there's like stuff where I'm like I get I get it. And this is the other thing like I get that there's also alongside the like um metaphor that you were mentioning i also think that there's an in general metaphor of the loss of childhood and like kind of like yeah keeping childhood and then there's these bullies who want to destroy it because like you're taught and socialized and rewarded for becoming a man which is destructive and um but it's weird because like snowy is also this is like uh the barney's the main character he's this kid mm-hmm. who's attending it should we try to explain this <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah let's explain it let's explain it let's explain it okay so do barney, you want me to read the back yeah please barney's life is a mess everyone thinks he's a snitch his former friends want to kill him even the headmaster of his school wants him gone no one but no one but secretive little snowy cob will speak to him but after snowy and barney discover the hidden cave deep below the earth the promise of ancient treasures wipe away the threats from above and when they uncover strange artifacts untouched for centuries a web of unknowable danger begins to unravel and snowy and barney may not survive so that's actually a pretty good synopsis of of mm-hmm. the book i don't know that an uh, unknowable danger is really like he has the one incident with the the snake venom i laughed so hard about me that. too me too <laughs> i laughed so hard he wakes up back so at school funny. with his fucking finger cut off <laughs> when it's like literally that was so funny when he's like he's like you don't even know what you're talking about snowy like there is no way that this is a poisonous situation and then Ow. he's like oh <laughs> and then page turn I woke up and I didn't know who I was. <laughs> yeah. I woke it up. Been it was a week and a half later. Yes. <laughs> My finger is gone. My family like thought I was dying. It was rattlesnake poison. Rattlesnake How poison did... in a rattlesnake like tooth? Mm-hmm. How long can poison stay in a rattlesnake tooth? Well, remember, if it's below freezing, forever. Sure. And that cave is below freezing, like we learned. It's very cold in that cave. It's very cold in this cave. But so, okay, um, so like that's I, the 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 synopsis in the back of the book, pretty accurate. Um, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, the the like sort of idea that um there is like a, a loss of innocence here, um, and like the the fact that like the bullies, the fucking, is, but like, is it a loss of innocence because the bullies start the book by stoning a collie? Like, I yeah, no, I think that they are the bullies represent adulthood. I think. I think they represent the cruelty of boys that want to be men. Yes. But the thing is, Snowy also occupies that same space because he subscribes to like Soldier of Fortune. And like, oh my God, yeah. Like, Snowy is an incel waiting to happen. He is an incel waiting to happen. I, I felt like he was, when him subscribing to Soldier of Fortune, I think also was kind of like a, like almost child, like, like you believe that stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally. And like Barney does it because like Soldier of Fortune, at least the way Barney characterizes it. I've never read an issue of Soldier of Fortune, so I guess I have no idea. Is it real? Um, uh, I believe so. Um, But maybe it just gets used frequently in fiction and isn't real. Soldier of Fortune magazine. Yeah. Uh, A a, a real, real publication, it seems. Yeah. 
It's no longer published. Um, it, ooh, 1975 to 2016. Good um, Okay, in May 2022, founder Robert K. Brown announced that the publication had been sold. This is this or last month, last year, sold to a longtime contributor, author, and security journalist Susan Katz Kading, who grew up around conflict in, during the Troubles in Northern Ireland. Oh Jesus! Okay. I mean, my impression of it was always that it was like a, uh, a Second Amendment, Second Amendment like mm -hmm. guns and ammo kind of, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, almost uh, doomsday prepper kind of magazine. Yes. You know, ultra libertarian. Yes. Um, we're going to be prepared for, you know, whatever happens come the end of the world. Yeah. And a little bit. Um, it is doomsday prepper, but also very um, like mm, military military propaganda kind of. Yeah, that's true. That maybe it's it's more of a uh, the well-regulated militia part of the uh, yeah. Second Amendment and less the like, you know, stand your ground. Uh, <laughs> you're allowed okay. to shoot anyone who comes into your home for the law stuff. Do you want to hear the what's written on the cover of the September 1995? Sure. <laughs> Clinton's end run gun ban. Gun ban. Sorry. Albania's Ruby Ridge. Prey and Spray. Colombia's Coke Bust and Broncos. Fighting Shotguns. Mossberg and Kalashnikov. Hold or Die. The Siege of an Adlock. Of an of unlock man that's a whole like a corner of existence that i do not choose to participate same in. same same hard oh, do not want any of god. that god ah, i just look <laughs> i mean even more so now oh my god they have a website i'm looking oh it is so is it like macho bullshit now i mean i guess it was always macho bullshit but um i'm just shocked at the font <laughs> 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 I didn't even see what it said. Okay, hold on. Uh, let's see. The fire pit is what they call their um, articles here. Sure. Um, the ready aim fire pit. The sands of Agadez, where a woman knows more than she should about gun lords and mercenaries. Uh, how I got over my bad attitude after Vietnam. <laughs> my bad attitude. Okay. It's An angel on his shoulder. Our door gunner survived being shot in the head in Iraq. Oh. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> I hate this. Drones over the Kremlin. Who launched the flights that sparked a firestorm of accusations? Man, I... The recurring surprise of Chinese espionage, a short history of collective amnesia. Uh, chemists I, recruited at gunpoint inside the world of underground drug labs. This is why people are, like, afraid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Those right. people, they're afraid. They need to not read this. So anyway, he's probably going to storm the Capitol. Snowy, we get one hundred. So the this book came out in eighty seven, right? Mm -hmm. Which means that Snowy was what, like fourteen in eighty seven, something like that. Hold on, I'm gonna actually look exactly. Yeah, first published January first, nineteen eighty seven. Okay. Um. So yeah, I mean, Snowy would be like fifty. Oh yeah. <laughs> he, oh, yeah. he one hundred percent. He's one hundred percent. Yep. There. And he's bringing whoever is his roommate at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever's his roommate at the time roommate roommate yeah see there you go we just did quotes when we said that yes that's right um can i tell you something yeah <laughs> please why do you sound so tired you know I what just, i'm gonna say I just, no i want to hear what you have to say i just like uh having to exist in the world where also uh soldier of fortune magazine exists yeah uh like 
there's something about that that is so like unsettling to my core and so alien to my existence that like I like find it like psychically difficult to deal with. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it is. It's like that time that we spent uh, that we spent time on uh, uh, farmers, farmers only. only. Yeah, it's the yeah. same. It's the same phenomenon. Same. And honestly, the crossover is probably pretty big. Probably it's a the Venn diagram is a circle. Okay, you have to live with the doomsday prepper. Okay, good. Okay, yes. <laughs> How much money are you going to take for a year of doing that? Oh, just to just to live with a doomsday prepper? Is it some? It, uh, it's a studio apartment. Okay, and it's someone that I'm meeting cold. Never met this person before. You've never met them. It's not. You don't yeah. get to pick which doomsday prepper. And I don't get to like turn one of my existing relationships into a doomsday. You, you want to incept someone that you know I'm into just becoming saying, a if, doomsday prepper. What if prepper. I could say? What if I could say, Kelly, you're a doomsday prepper now. <laughs> We're gonna live together oh for a year. I. You would be a maniac. For, I choose not to do that. Yeah, ask for double whatever you were gonna say, because yeah. I would be a maniac. Okay, um, okay. So uh, it's uh, I have to live with them. It's a studio. Mm-hmm. Um, is it in Los Angeles, or do we have to like go out into the desert somewhere? I can't imagine that a doomsday prepper is gonna want to live in the city. Uh, it'll be like Silmar. <laughs> okay. So All it's right. like kind of LA, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and I can still like leave and go to work and do like the regular you, stuff you that I do. do. Yeah, but like. Every time you come back home, they like spray you with like disinfectant and stuff. Right. So less infection. Yeah. That's not bad. <laughs> you might be creating a super bug, but that's a, a future problem. I mean, so, okay. There are some ways in which like a doomsday prepper bad, right? Yeah. But there's like that, you know, we've got no, a doomsday prepper. Right. Right. But because I have I, a go bag thing. Right. So, and so, you know, so do we, we've got, and like, you know, earthquake backpacks and stuff. That's what I mean. And, yeah. Earthquake backpacks. Um, yeah. But like, no, I guess it, I guess it would just be all bad because like, what do you talk about with a doomsday prepper? You just talk about their doomsday preparations, right? They don't care to talk about anything else. Right, right. They find every way to bring whatever it is you're talking about to some new Back acquisition of like cans that they got or something. <laughs> you you know, know, that reminds me of this yeah. Swiss Army knife that I just got. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's only a year. It's only a year, which isn't bad. And you can still live your life however you want. Right. Outside of the home. But you're going to hear about it from this person, right? They're going to yeah. like judge how you're not prepared for the apocalypse. Yeah. And you have two beds. They're bunk beds. Okay. Do I get top bunk? Yeah, you can have top, top bunk. Okay, great. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Honestly, not that much. $100,000. <laughs> yeah, for me, maybe like 5 k <laughs> Like, do we have to pay for the apartment? I don't know. Like, yeah, you don't have to pay for the apartment. Oh, then forget it. Okay, then like free, uh, maybe. Honestly, yeah, maybe <laughs> room. It. I mean, we'll have to pay for food, but like, he's yeah, got okay. cans of stuff. We're probably trying canned you goods all the time. You are not allowed to touch those come cans. Come on, Patrick. come on. <laughs> Just one. Let me have one. <laughs> Just let me have one can. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Okay. Can I go back to the thing I was going to tell you? Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> so, I you know that I went on a little plane. Yeah, with father. With father. Father fly plane. Father fly plane. My chest has been tight <laughs> and like oh, my heart is tired. Yeah. From the panique that I was experiencing on this little plane. Mm -hmm. So first we get there and it, this reminds me of this because the man who was the flight instructor was like a tall largely silent mm -hmm. man with a huge sleeve that said, God bless America. Sure. So 
honestly, I was like, I have nothing in common with this man, but I do believe that I'm in good hands in this plane. <laughs> right. Which actually is very much like the doomsday prepper thing, right? Where you're yeah. like, you know what? The year that I live with this guy, probably going to be safe until yeah. I guess his gun, what a gun accidentally goes off and sure. kills one of us. Sure. Sure. That's always the danger though. That is always the danger. Um, but this man, so we, he like barely said two words to anybody except to like be like, all right, just we're going to check over here. We're going to check these things over here. We're going to check these things over here. So he was like teaching my, so first, okay. So we get there and I was like, dad, I just want you to know how much I care about you. I've been having nightmares every night about going on this plane. And I was telling Lucas this, I was like, I'm having nightmares every night. He's like, stop telling me that. And I was like, why? And he's like, because when your plane crashes, I'll like have been ignoring the signs. <laughs> And I was like, don't say that. And he was like, you have been saying it. And I was like, only I get to make jokes about the plane crashing. About your eventual death in a plane crash. In a plane crash. You could survive a plane crash like that. Harrison Ford did many times. Many times. And he's an old man. He's an old man. So we so we get to this plane, to this Zamperini airport, which is kind of by where my parents live. Like, they're like five minutes away from there. I guess I just doxed my parents. Um, and so we get in. And my dad is like mostly like learning about like what to check off on the planes. And I'm like, I'm like, Denise, Denise I can't handle die. this. Right. right. I was like, I, I was like, look at the plane we're going to get in. It's so small. It was so small, Patrick. It was so, so, so small. But you had that tall guy with the God bless America sleeve. Like he's not going to die. I know. In this plane today. Right. I know. So, well, so then he like grabs the plane and just pulls it onto the runway amazing and i was like denise this man is pulling the plane the plane that we will be flying in mm -hmm. in the air this man can pull with his arms so you want a plane to be light though that shit's gotta fly kelly i know in the so air we, we get in it's very tight the interior is like shaped like a pizza slice so like the tip of the pizza, the tastiest part mm. is the trunk. And then like the middle part is where like me and my sister sat very squished together. And then like the crust is like where my dad and the instructor were sitting. Okay. And so I had read like what the situation is and it's the, the instructor gets you up in the air, the, cause for the first thing, cause this is like the first time my dad has ever touched. I mean, he's touched planes, obviously he's for what it's worth. My dad is a, uh, aerospace engineer and aviation engineer. So he knows exactly how these things work. But reading about swimming ain't going to get you to not drown. So, But he's also taking these flying lessons, right? This was his first one ever. This is his first fly. I see, oh, hold on a second. Yes. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Do you understand that. what was okay. happening to me? Okay. So, yes. so the guy's like telling my dad, he's like, all right, and these are the brakes and then these pedals have it go like this. And then this is what you're going to, you're going to take, this is how many knots we're going to be going. This is our altitude. This is our, this, this is our, that. And I'm like, Denise, he's telling him how to take off the plane. So like we need to ask if dad is going to be flying the plane. And so my sister's like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> is, 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 is our dad going to be flying it? And the guy was like, yeah, I get to take it off all the time. So he'll get to take off. And she was like, Whoa. thank you. And I was like, Denise, 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 is he joking? What's happening? My dad takes off the fucking plane. Um, also, like, we're about to, like, turn onto the runway. And I just get, like, 
blinding panic. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, my dad's about to take off a plane. I'm sitting mm-hmm, in the back. Like mm-hmm. the first thing he's ever done is to take off a plane. So I was yeah, like- and, and meanwhile, you're, you're sending us pictures. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, I'm sending you guys pictures. Yeah. I'm literally like, I, w- I was the panique within my bloodstream. So- so, I, so sorry, just to interject. Yeah. I I think it's uh I think it's great that you supported your father in this way. I sure. think it's nuts to go up with him in his first lesson. Yeah, like that was you crazy, don't huh? you don't invite people to your first improv practice, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Arguably, you don't even invite them to your class show. But like well, that's the only thing that they would attend is after you've tr- yeah. tried it some. So they it's normally called a discovery flight because you're like figuring out if you want to keep doing it. Sure. And so what's supposed to happen is basically they fly it. They let you take over for like 10 minutes while you're in the air and then they land it. And so that's what I thought was happening. Yeah. I was strapped in and we were about to take off when I discovered my father would be taking off the plane. So (laughs) I don't know if there's another way to say it, but you saying your father taking off the plane sounds like you've never spoken English before. Yeah, it does. (laughs) He would be, I don't know, guiding the plane through takeoff. I don't know if there's another way to say it. I honestly don't. And there were a couple of like pretty intense drops as we were lifting off. And I was gripping my sister's legs so freaking hard. And she's like patting my hand, but her little hand is sweaty. So I know she was nervous too. And then we finally get up and it's fine. That actually was fine. Like when we were up in the air, that was like pretty cool. And I've, yeah, I have not flown. It was cool to see where I grew up from that angle and from, cause it was like, we were basically like 2,500 feet up. It was not very high. Yeah. It's at like medium distance. Like yeah. there's the, the, the feeling of like flying in or like anytime you like land in a city or like land at an mm-hmm. airport, like you actually start to like see the individual like cars yeah, and, and like houses pools and people's yards and pools stuff. and people's yard, and like a hammock or like a kiddie yeah. pool or something like that stuff is all so weird. My uh, my uncle uh, was a pilot for a, a very long time. And when he <laughs> he lived, he and his wife lived in uh, Downers Grove, Illinois, which is a uh, suburb of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I grew up in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So like mm-hmm. very southeast corner of the state, probably a 90 minute drive um, but between these two places. He would fly. No, he wouldn't really. He would fly from because like, there's an airfield like in their like subdivision in Downers Grove, um, which is why they live there. Um, and so he would fly his plane to the Kenosha airport. My mom would have to drive 45 minutes out to the airport to pick him up. Oh my God. But so as a result, like I also saw my hometown from like incredibly low. Cause you got to go up in his plane. Yeah. I got to go up in it all the time. Was it cool? Did you like doing it? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, so my uncle and this goes back to the, the prepper thing. This goes back to the God bless America sleeve guy, mm-hmm. um, that like, uh, I have every faith in my uncle's competence in the thing that he chooses to do because yeah. it's the only thing in the world that he's good at. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's not good at talking to people. He's not good <laughs> at, uh, uh, he's definitely bad at kids. Did not know how to deal with me until I was like 17. Um, really? Oh yeah. I mean, would uh, like, I, I, I don't think he ever like hugged me or played with me ever, ever. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just Jim. That's just Jim, and that's just how yeah. he is. He's a, he's a stoic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, 
Yes, but but this one thing, flying an airplane, I trust him to do. So like, yeah. uh, it it was it's never scary. It was only ever like we're going up in the plane, and then like we can be excited about something that Jim is doing uh, for the first time ever, and yeah. uh, you know we don't have to like resent his presence, and he doesn't have to resent ours. Yeah. So yeah, no, we we did it kind of a lot. That's really cool. It, um, yeah, it was really scary. Um, oh, while we were waiting to take off, I see another plane landing and it comes in and about 12 feet above the ground, it just falls to the ground. Oh, no. And I was like, is that going to, is that, is that, is that how us? we're going to land? I bet that's going to be us. And I was like, oh my Jesus fucking Christ. But he did not let my father land the plane. I think legally he's not allowed to. Um, I, landing's a big deal, right? I think like, that's, that's like the last thing they learned. Yeah, yeah. So now my dad has the flying bug and I saw him looking at a couple of Cessnas. Hey. And I was like, father, must be nice to have that money. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, I'm like, what's Snap like? <laughs> I have a friend who works for Snap. Oh yeah, I'm on Snap, but I don't make very much, make very much. Am I about so to get... I mean, I don't receive very much. I understand. From yes. It. Yeah. I'm like right on the border of it. So it's very annoying. I get $40 a month. Let's call my friend Karen and get you more. <laughs> get, get, us, get me more. Give me that 250 Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but that's, uh, it, it's cool that like, I, I don't know. Like I think about how, how infrequently I take up like a, a new hobby, right? Or like yeah. uh, try anything new. It just doesn't happen <laughs> mm -hmm. uh and it's cool that your dad like is trying that and like has has the bug for it like that's cool yeah i mean it was so funny like before we did it i could tell he was nervous and like trying to pretend like he wasn't yeah and he was excited but trying not you know trying to pretend like oh you know no big deal whatever when we landed he was like visibly buzzing the rest of the day randomly he would be like that was so cool and so we knew it was like a really good gift and like uh, he loved it. And that's it was great. really, I think it meant a lot to him that my sister and I went like, I've really been trying to improve my relationship with my fam, my, my parents and like give them a little bit more grace. Mm -hmm. Um, because like after my mom's medical emergency that really, mm, basically, how do I put this? I used to, and I think this was also not helped, I'm not blaming this on any ex-partners, but I think just like the way that I was encouraged a lot to just be like, well, no, that's a boundary that you have and you should just stick to it and you need to tell them no. You have to tell them no. When like, yeah, interesting. for me, I'm like, I, but I know I'm still practicing my boundaries by saying like, oh, but I will do this and I won't do this. Right. And well, like all of that's, all that shit needs to be like navigated personally, right? Yeah. And like we all know or at least like have to come to know what our relationships with our parents as adults like have to be yeah and like you know you, you kind of gotta like factor your partners into that but mm -hmm. like they can't drive it you know what i mean right right and i think i think that now i've i'm trying to be kinder in general but also like to my parents and because like there's not going to be, and I think I've talked about this on the show, there's not, by the end of it, there's not going to be some scoreboard in the sky that's like, well, Kelly, you're right. Yeah. All that there is, is less and less time with my parents who are getting older and older. And I am, have been working very hard to every time, I, I was talking about this with Lucas, how I was like, I want to get to a point 
and I think I can, where like, let's say my dad says something really like know it ollie. Um, I would like to just be like, LOL, that's just my dad. That's how he is being a know-it-all instead right. of you're being a know-it-all just like, and because you always have to act like you're in control, even when you're mm -hmm. not because like, and then have that be every other time that he has acted like everything was fine when it was really horrible throughout my entire childhood. Right. And you've got the like decades of emotional receipts to bring to yeah. that. Right. Yeah. Um, and like, it's, it's so hard when it's your parents too, because like mm -hmm. you've seen they they've pushed all of your buttons and you've pushed all of theirs. Mm -hmm. Like it's mm -hmm. that that's all like well-worn territory. And like, uh, so even this slightest, this is tr true for me for sure. But even mm -hmm. like the slightest trigger, like my mom will say, uh, just like one thing. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. like it all she's saying comes in that back. moment, everything she's ever said to you. Right. Right. And so like, and I'm that's not fair. Like I no, know that's not, fair. I know. And you know, I'm, I'm uh, mostly thinking about like the sort of, uh, uh, you know, smaller town, like politics stuff or like mm -hmm. you know, the sort of like social politics, um, that frustrate me, uh, about my parents. My, my, my mom is a, a teacher. She was a teacher. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, my, my dad has actually done a really good job of, uh, like reading outside of his comfort zone and like, uh, learning to, uh, embrace ideas that probably would have scared him uh, when, oh, when he was like nice. a, a younger conservative guy. Like he's he's definitely gotten like way more liberal. Um, but my mom, like I just I, I just think about like who their friends are yeah. and like what their social circle is. And, mm -hmm. you know, they, they split their time between Kenosha, Wisconsin mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, southwestern Florida. Um, mm -hmm. So like they're just running in like conservative frequently trumpy circles mm -hmm. um and just like to guard against any of that is impressive right like yeah uh and it, it always makes me think of like i don't know like what 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 what, what, do, what do i become in in that environment i like to mm -hmm. think i don't become something different and horrible but yeah. like i don't know yeah and also this is the other thing like hmm because I would get annoyed with things my parents do. And I'm and I'm very lucky that like my parents are v fairly liberal. They live, you know, on the West Coast in yeah. their they still have like annoying things, but my mom is like willing to learn and all that stuff. But I remember like hmm like I uh, I this is so like uh, basically with my ex, he would be very like well, this little thing is a deal breaker. Like they can't act like that. And I'm like, but that's like the privilege of having fairly well-adjusted parents who have always been supportive. Like those little things can be something that like yeah. you can throw a fit about because the, for me, it's like, like those little things are nothing. Cause like I've experienced so much more trauma from my family. Right. Well, and, and also like the, the other end of it too, that like you, have all that you know you said like you're trying to extend more grace to them but like you have that also built in too, like the the sort mm -hmm. of built in uh that like they're a part of your life forever yeah. or at least until they st stop existing right yeah. like I I, yeah. I, I I and i just think about that like a lot too because like uh sarah's parents can be difficult sometimes uh mm -hmm. and like it's not my place to really like I have a relationship with them, but like, I don't have a challenging relationship with them. Yeah. I'll just let shit go. Cause I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, you know, like, yeah, wh because whatever. you can step away from it easily and you don't have the yeah. history. Mm -hmm. I don't have the history. I also don't have the like fear that those things are going to start showing up in my behavior, you know? Right. Um, uh, so 
but it, it's totally different for the for the person that has that relationship. It's mm-hmm. it is weird um, to have like unless unless you were already saying like this thing is a deal breaker and then uh, that your ex was like parroting that back to you. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. But if like that's what he was offering, that sucks. Yeah, I think. Well, I think what it was was that he. He and I'm not trying to paint him as a bad person. It's just like different things. Like he saw that like certain like things with my family caused me stress. Yeah, which is true. Um, but I and I and I and he would see this is what it was. He would see letting things go as a sign of weakness. Mm. Whereas like so and, and things were like very like all about the principle for him. And like for me, I was like, no, it's not weakness. I'm just like choosing. This is right. how you have to survive. Like I. Like, okay, like my mom was late in like, uh, we we said we were going to eat Thanksgiving at two and instead we're eating at three. Like, yeah, that's really annoying and her time management is bad. But like, I, yeah, if you're, if you're that cares? hungry, yeah. eat a fucking roll. I don't know what to tell yeah. you. Yeah. That isn't something that's like worth making a big fight and stink about. But like, I had to have that fight on his behalf. And like, yeah, it's interesting. It's just really interesting, both navigating two different things. One in like, now I'm just trying to deal with my relationship with my family and then being with someone who is like very encouraging of like, I remember like talk, like I was taking a walk with Lucas and I was like saying to him like, Oh, I um, remember when I was a kid and we were just like talking about a million things, but I was like, yeah. when I was a kid, um, I remember I would feel bad for my, pa- like I would want to protect my parents from knowing that I got bullied because like, even though I was the one, I knew it would make them sad and I wanted to protect them from that. Um, because I did see that, like it really bothered my parents. And like, I did see that they loved me in that moment. And he was like, you should tell your parents that. And I was like, what? And he was like, tell your parents that like, you saw that they cared. It's, I know it sounds weird, but like, just try telling them and like, they will appreciate hearing that. I guarantee you. Hmm. And like, it's just so weird like yeah that i mean that's uh, it's 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 like the difference between uh like encouraging more communication and encouraging uh encouraging more conflict right yeah like yeah um yeah the uh man you know just just a couple weeks ago my my uh, I, I i i do not talk to my parents very frequently um mm-hmm. uh and it's something that i i know that i i go through bouts of being like really quite bad about um mm-hmm. but uh my dad texted me a couple weeks ago and was just like Hey, you free to talk at some point? And I was like, yeah, you know, he doesn't. I, when when I call, I usually end up talking to my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he was like, he was like, no, I the, like the, I, you know, I asked like, is is, there is something everything wrong? okay? Is everything okay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, no, I just wanted to, just wanted to chat. And like, oh my gosh, it genuinely was just like forty five minutes of us like shooting the shit about like Lyle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Lyle. Um, and it's you know I, I like talking to that guy, and uh, you know he's good and fun and funny and interested and interesting and like you know has uh you know a lot of like interesting life experience and um yeah just really uh, it, it just the 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 weird little moment there of just like no I just want to talk and it's like yeah mm-hmm. why why aren't we uh, just like f- encouraging that and fostering that more more frequently instead of mm-hmm. like we'll just wait until it's thanksgiving and then we can have a fight about what fucking time dinner was right exactly exactly and i think and i think that like it's very e- i don't want to say that like anyone like you know oh well like someone's experience was like more gentle than mine and so like they 
But I think that there is this, you can afford to have fights like that with people whose love is so unconditional. Sure. And who you've never really had that diametrically opposed, like 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 such such intense fights with. Whereas yeah. like, I mean, God, like the 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 you know, my childhood was very fraught, very I don't know. And so it's complicated now because like I am working on improving my relationship with them. And also like I'm not saying everyone should do this. You know, I'm not saying like, because, you know, there are some people who it's like, you should not talk to your parents anymore. They are not good people. Like, oh, there yeah. are. Yes, that's, that's are, definitely a, a legit scenario is yeah. like, cut your parents out of your life. That yeah. can be okay for many people. But like you're saying, it's uh, it's all personal, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you have to decide what's, mm -hmm. what's the right relationship for you with your parents. Mm -hmm. And I think, and I would urge people to just consider it, you know, mm. just, just consider like what do I want? That's what it is. What do I want the future of my, what do I want the rest of my living parents' lives to look like for, for, for them and for, for them you. and yeah. me. Yeah. And like, if you are okay with never seeing them again, then that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's totally fine. But if you are like, Oh, but you know, I, I do love them and I would miss them. You can adjust your, your expectations of them. You can stop trying to change them. You can like, there, there are, I don't know. I think that's what I've been working on anyway. Will I go on a 10 day trip with mother to Paris as she's requested? I don't know. I think you should do it. I think it sounds like, a look, what, what's the worst that could happen? You get in like one really big fight. She's annoying the whole fucking time is what's okay, the worst that could happen. Okay. But that's also just what's going to happen. It's not, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a worst case scenario. You just go in yeah. knowing that she's going to be annoying for 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go to France. Yeah, I know. She keeps inviting me there. She invited me there like five times. <laughs> she keeps inviting me to France. <laughs> she keeps inviting me to Paris because she likes it there a lot. And she goes yeah. a lot because my aunt lives there. This makes my family sound extremely bougie. They are pretty bougie, but like. I mean, yeah, it sounds very bougie. You should go to Paris. I've never I'm been to Paris. It seems my cool. <laughs> I've been to Paris. It, I liked it. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think I'll did like you, it more as an adult. Did you wear like a black and white? A horizontal striped shirt and like ride a bicycle with like <laughs> yeah and I, I had a beret I smoked a beret a baguette yeah <laughs> oh you're just smoking the baguette yeah it's yeah. not sticking out the top of a uh, grocery bag no oh, cute okay. with like a, a carrot tops yep 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 classic image I'm just classic saying recreate the, the classic image okay I'll recreate it I'll go okay, there thank well, you I want to go back to Mont Saint Michel really bad I want to go to you know where I've been dying to go Hmm. It's in the Alsace. I don't know how to speak French either. This is another problem. This is why I need to go with mother because I can speak Spanish, but not French. Um, Alsace. Okay. I don't know what that is. It's a region. Okay. In France. But the specific place that I want to go is this place called Colmar. C-O-L-M-A-R. Take a gander at what that looks like because wowie wowie, I got to get there. Okay, all right. Let's have a look here. Oh, wait a minute. It's the is, cutest. Isn't it the cutest shit you've ever seen in your life? Are those canals or is yes, everything just... Yes, there are just, canals. Come on. Yeah. yeah do, do this. I know. So I don't know. Maybe I'll go. I think you should go. Because that's the other thing. If I go, I know my mom will pay for like... Yeah, a, it's a win-win. Like, it's a win-win. Like, even like trains and stuff like that. And trains are cool. Trains are Especially cool. Especially in Europe. I know. Also, I they're the, like 20 euro. So it's like 
pretty cheap yeah, anyway. Yeah, it's not, not a big deal. I took the train downtown last weekend. Okay. So I could go to the Alamo Draft House. Oh, Alamo Draft House. What did you see? Guardians of the Galaxy with our good friend Ryan Mogi. And I heard it was good and sad. Uh, yeah, it was both good and sad. Yes. Uh, and good in a way that like, uh, remember I was pretty uh, upset about the last um, uh, the last Marvel movie, the Ant-Man? Ant- Ant- yeah. Ant-Man. Um, yeah, Ant-Man. Really hated I did, that I movie. still haven't seen it. It's not, I mean, it, it's probably on Disney Plus it. now. I really, really hated it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's that's sort of where I've been like living with those movies for a, a, a little while. Yeah, I've been a little bit um, burned out, but I hear yeah. it's good. It is good. It is good. Uh, it, it is hard to like fight that burnout thing, though, of like, um, yeah, I still see all these movies like right when they come out. This is the yeah. first one that I haven't seen on opening weekend. Jesus, I think since... Uh, uh, since Iron Man three, probably. <laughs> oh, um, wow! So super long time that I've seen these uh, movies. Like right when they come out, and this one, uh, you know, I had friends in town, so we had to reschedule. But like, I, I, I probably I would I would have seen it o- opening night. Um, but it was it was super great. I mean, uh, the movie was good. It was great to uh, see it with Ryan. It was great to yeah. see it at the Alamo Draft House. Yeah, uh, and it was great to not drive a car down there. Yeah, I'm loving the the the. I've been doing the walking life. Because you mm. know I'm playing Pokemon Go. You know, oh, last yeah. week, last week, um, we had I had Oscar on the show. Oh, he says mm. hi by the way. Oh, I haven't seen Oscar in so long. Well, I got him to play Pokemon Go. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> it's Bell Sprout Day today. I got Bell so Sprout many Bell day? Sprouts. Yeah, I got like I got like twelve Bell Sprouts, and I evolved it all the way to the to the biggest one. Cool, cool. Yeah, but I kept one Bell Sprout like not evolved because they're cute. They're I mean, that's the problem with Pokemon, right? Is that they're only cute in their first version. I the know. second you evolve them, they become ugly. Every Dude, there's time. one, and I don't even really like the one that it is when it's a baby. It's like some rabbit. It's not Bunnelby. It's like some kind of rabbit. And then when it turns into its like ultimate form, it's like a sexy lady. Oh, no. It's not like it's not the score bunny, right? It is Score Bunny. Score Bunny is adorable. He looks like Wait. he's ready to have fun. No, no, no. I think we're thinking of a different thing. We, we might be thinking of a different thing. Score Bunny is like a fire rabbit. No, 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 I'm gonna, I, I, I need to, I need to show you this, this bullshit. Uh, Bunny. Okay, no. Okay, but also, but also, look, look at Score. Hold on. I don't have a fucking picture of Score Bunny. Here he is. An error loading the image. I'm just saying, look at this guy. He's like a fun loving. Oh, no, 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 no. That thing is cute. Wa- he wants That's to like not what jump I'm talking around. about. Sexy lady. No, 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 no. No, no tell, no. tell me what the sexy lady bunny. I'm I'm going to Google sexy lady bunny. I'm going to no, get don't a lot do that. of. No, I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I have too many Pokemon. And she has like these puffy hands and she holds them in front of her chest like boobs. Holds them in front of her hand like boobs. Oh yeah, sexy lady bunny is just a lot of like Playboy bunny stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it is not that okay. Not Diggersby. Uh, hmm. Oh, low punny. Low punny. Ew. Okay. Can you see this? <laughs> oh, what the hell? I know. This is why I was pissed about this. Disgusting. Um. Here's my question about Low Punny. What about her? What's that? What? Where's that name come from? Like, I get that the like a lop, probably. What? What's that? 
the bunnies that have the ears that go down. Oh, okay. See, I I see the first of all, I see a a, a product that is uh, uh, an entertainment product that's animated from Japan, ah. and I see the prefix L O, and I immediately think it has something to do with Lolita and uh, Loli oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just saying. What is is that the like nubile young bunny that we're supposed to want to fuck? New- is that? I mean, maybe yeah, because she's like has her long hair, ears, and mm-hmm. her and her titty wrists. Her her titty paws. Um, should we talk about this book? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else to say about this book. Okay, so well, first of all, we're haunted by piss. We are haunted by piss. piss. Happens twice right away. Yeah. The well, collie peas and he peas. I I could not believe that when I started reading this book that it starts with the stoning of a dog. And I thought yeah, like I was like oh because I I I read nothing about this book before me starting neither. it. Right? Me neither. Um, I just saw the cover and was like, great, let's go. Um, mm-hmm. and I was like, are we gonna like are this dog's eyes gonna get knocked out? Like, is yeah. this is this skull gonna collapse? And thankfully, no. The dog survives all the way to the end of the book. Um, and is like. Uh, on the uh, like end quest with with the, with the main uh, hero with Barney mm-hmm. with Barney, um, but yeah, no, I was terrified that we were going to read a a dog gets murdered uh, and then I the know. fallout from that. I know. So these like evil boys are stoning mm-hmm. this dog that is like snarling and there's like blood coming out of its mouth. It's like crazy. Yeah. So they're like, it's crazy because they're throwing rocks at it, though, right? Well, no, because it has that tooth stuck in its. That's teeth. right. That's or right. no, it's that bone stuck in its teeth. A tiny little bone. A tiny bone. Like, it looks like a leg bone, but it's small. And it's, they're like, it doesn't yeah. belong to any monkeys that we know of. It's a Smurf femur for sure. Smurf. There, that, there were Smurfs in that cave, right? Yeah, totally. Did you like snorks? As a kid? Uh, or just like... <laughs> no, yesterday. Did you like, like a, them yesterday? I really liked the snorks in college. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone goes through a snorks phase in college. It's it's a straight line. You go, uh, uh, you go, Radiohead, Mogwai, Smurfs, right? Smurf. That's <laughs> snorks, snorks. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, I watch all of that like uh, old Hanna Barbera crap. Yeah, uh, I like snorks a lot as a kid. I watch a shit ton of Smurfs as well. Really, I didn't I really watch any like Smurfs, Smurfs, only snorks. I here's what always bothered me about Smurfs. Okay, uh, is that the plural of Smurf? I think should be Smurfs. <laughs> <laughs> because like dwarves and elves yes <laughs> elf and leaves yeah leaf leaf and leaves wait is everything that ends in f the plural of v no because of smurfs <laughs> <laughs> okay ignore smurfs ignore okay, okay. the aberration okay okay think of anything else what Shelf. other words shelves oh my shelves. god oh my gosh are we are we the only people that are aware of this <laughs> I think we might be. We need to write a book. <laughs> okay, shit. Wait, 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 wait. What about like... Uh, 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 what words end with F? Is it only... Hold on. Elves? Elf? Is it only LF? LF. No, because dwarf. It... Dwarf and right. dwarves. It's right, still right. part of a, a, a compound consonant, right? Like it's yeah. DW. But, but it's at the beginning. Yeah. Rather... So then it it really is no, but R F and L F, right? Because oh dwarfs, yeah, constant, constant, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, but could it be like staff, staves, and staves? Yes, staves. I I think no, that, but that's two Fs. Yeah, well, and the A becomes long, so like the whole thing gets kind of screwed yeah. up. Okay, staff to staves. Uh, uh, 
uh, I, I guess there's half no pl- and halves, but that's also L F. Yeah. L V. Uh, yeah, and it's always a V E S. Calf and calves. Yeah, I mean, I think this is well, but it, uh, even then, though, Smurf, S M U R F, the yeah. R is there. So it's two. It's two. It's consonant. Consonant. Yeah. So I think the the plural of snork can be snorks. That's fine. The plural of Smurf has <laughs> should to be, be Smurfs. Smurfs. <laughs> they should be Smurfs. Wait. Okay. Is there anything other than Smurf <laughs> that ends with U R F? Oh, that is a weird <laughs> cluster of letters. U R F. I'm just I'm just searching for U R F right now. Hold on. Okay, I mean I'm turf, but turf turves. <laughs> 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 okay, hold on. So I'm gonna do yeah. Um, words that and en- nouns that end in F. I mean, okay, it, but it's it, it's tough because like turf and stuff. Like these are these are like non countable okay, nouns that you so, wouldn't pluralize. Right. So fluff is fluffs, not okay. fluffs. Fluff also doesn't feel like a, a countable noun to me though. Do you have multiple fluffs? No. You just have a, a higher Look at quantity. the different fluffs. Look at the <laughs> look at the all the fluffs. Okay, but then get this. Okay. This is not a noun, but grief and grief turns into grieves. Interesting. Okay. I don't know that we're gonna solve this. We have too much data. Yeah, no, because also there's like okay, chef, chefs. Okay. Okay. Right. But that's that's va- vowel noun or and vowel consonant. Yeah, good point. We are, we are not in the consonant cluster neighborhood there. Okay. Chief <laughs> and chiefs. Okay. Cut off and cut offs. <laughs> it wouldn't be. I'm wearing my cut offs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think FF doesn't do it. Well, and that, I mean, that is also hard because you're turning a preposition into a noun, right? Scarf scarves. There, there's one that fits the, the, the Smurfs pattern. <laughs> Are we calling it the Smurfs pattern? It's the Smurfs rule, I think. Oh, classic. Demi wolf, demi wolves. <laughs> I'm glad we started with demi wolves and worked our way up to full wolves. <laughs> Yeah, because I think FF is not it's not going to work for us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so like it, golf and golves. <laughs> again, you don't. Well, I guess uh, it, like G U L F. You could have oh golf. Yeah, golf. Yeah, you have con- you can have multiple golfs, and that's definitely yeah. L F S. So is it okay? It'll be only A and E then. I think U doesn't work. Which is what Smurf is right smurf is the you so i think maybe smurf is not smurf here's the okay here's the real issue though is that okay. words first of all all words are made up and <laughs> yeah sure, sure, sure. Uh, uh uh elves and dwarves are uh made up creatures with mm-hmm. made up names yes smurfs made, made up, up creatures made up names made up names yeah so it I'm should say- be smurfs i'm saying let's just like follow let's just follow the pattern i think the issue is gonna be so it's made up for the show yeah so you name the show Smurfs. It's people no, this is true. This is are you're right. confused. They're like, oh, there's one Smurf. It's like, no, no, no. So you know elves <laughs> and elves. Right, and you gotta explain it. Elf. It's brand confusion for sure. Yeah. But hey, we don't work for Big Smurf. That's right. Pop you know, Smurf. We're just trying <laughs> <laughs> We're little gargamels over here. 
<laughs> trying to bring down the uh, you know, whatever the Smurf. Just trying to bring down the Smurfs. Smurfs. Yeah, Smurfs. But yes, the uh, okay. So this bone, <laughs> this, <smurf. laughs> this Smurf bone from the Smurfs. It is in the dog's throat. The cave Smurfs. Cave Smurfs. Um, but this dog is like choking on this bone. Yeah. Uh, and so the the bad boys are throwing rocks at this dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are five bad boys. Uh, and I challenge you to remember any of their names. Can't couldn't tell you. Rolex. <laughs> I think I, I think Rudy might have been one of them. Okay. I knew one started with R. And then there was one that's like Sades or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then three others. And they're all like star athletes uh and so like they're gonna get away with whatever bad behavior because they win games for Mm -hmm. the boarding school and their fathers are very wealthy yes and they donate swimming pools to the boarding school so this yeah so at first the principal or the headmaster takes all the boys in separately one by one Mm -hmm. he kind of he is a good guy he like sees that that barney he's like so i heard from snowy that one of the kids was saying stop and wasn't involved in stoning a dog and <laughs> which is like th- that that is like the absolute bare minimum <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's like don't participate in the stoning yeah. of the dog well also i liked that later he was like i have seen a lot of bad kids i have never encountered kids that would stone a fucking dog it's which insane true. yes so he's like did Look. you did you growing up did you know kids that were probably bad enough that they would have stoned a dog? Yeah, my cousin Fee. Yeah. We we yeah. Ha- had we had some kids in the neighborhood that I know would have stoned a dog. Yeah. Like there are some cruelty to animals like yeah. Because he was cruel to humans. I mean is. Yes. I'm, you know, he used to like beat the shit out of me literally and like like he like would shoot his neighbor with a BB gun and like Yeah, I mean and that's that's the like unsettling shit is that like you these kinds of people make sense that I'm like, oh, yeah, that's real. Mm-hmm. You know, that there are like five boys that just like egg each other on to uh, throw rocks at a dog. And I knew the second that Snowy and Barney found that secret place. Yeah. I was like, those boys are going to ruin it. They're, they're just going to wreck it. And that's can I ask a question? Yeah. How do you feel about reading a book where uh, it's first person perspective um, and your the character's name is Barney? For whatever reason, this yeah. bothered me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I didn't like his name. I didn't like his name. I didn't like thinking that we were reading Barney's perspective. Yeah, it, it, it was, you know, Barney, Edmund, you know, yeah, certain names like that where I'm kind of like, OK, uh, like, oh, all right, buddy. But he is that kind of kid, though. He is is, like the dopey kid where like and that's the other thing. He is he is identified as being involved in this case because Snowy's glasses get knocked off his face. But he can hear that the kid that is protesting has a lisp and Barney has a lisp that comes out. Yes. When he's scared. And also he's like, oh, my dad like is really well traveled because he's like an antiques seller. So he's taken me like all over the world. And yet. I'd never eaten a hot dog. I'd never done anything that good old American boys do. So when I got to the school, I was immediately like flagged as like a weakling and right. I didn't want to be a weakling. Right. He's, so, he's basically Niles. Yeah. <laughs> Niles. Good God, Niles. Good God, Barney. <laughs> uh, Daphne. <laughs> um, 
this but book- yeah he's he, he's he's targeted by 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 these by these kids and yeah. like gets sort of like uh lumped into their cheating ring right um yeah which is why then he's associated with them for the rest of which like is a totally normal thing that happens that like bullies yeah. uh kind of like encircle a dork that they can take advantage of um mm-hmm. and then that dork becomes like guilty by association mm-hmm. um and like i don't know like my even though i was uncomfortable <laughs> reading from barney's perspective yes um i i like i got it like and yeah. it made made me think of all the times that i had friends growing up that i hated yeah well and on top of it too he so he gets conscripted into the group because he accidentally like uses something i don't remember in like science class that like blows air and it blows the comb over off of a teacher yeah, that's right and they think he's done it on purpose but he didn't but he doesn't say anything because they've accepted him now right right and like learns that yeah. cruelty is the social currency yes this book reminded me a bit it had like the same feel of like ray bradbury's pieces a little bit mm. um something wicked this way comes yeah. or i mean even frankly uh uh wh- where's the fuck the one they're on the island the little boys Oh, that's uh, uh, Lord of the Flies. Yeah, yeah, it's not like, Bradbury. It kind of yeah. had, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm moving on yeah. from Bradbury. Um, that or like any of those like books you had to read for school, you know, <laughs> where it's like, look what happens when you little shits don't behave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's so interesting. Like, uh, there's I guess there there is a woman in in the book, right? Uh, mm-hmm. one one female character. Um. But, uh, you know, it uh, written by um, Rebecca Wells, who wait, is that her name? Rosemary Wells. Rosemary Wells, um, uh, who had largely written like children's books before this, like mm-hmm. uh, uh, children's like picture storybooks. And mm-hmm. then like here comes this like hard thing that's all about like boys being shitty to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It, it's such an interesting um, perspective on that. And like generally feels true to that experience it feels very true that experience it feels very it feels like someone who lived childhood cruelty yeah yeah and and kind of these like well-meaning adults and these bad adults yeah. who each have their own influence on these kids mm-hmm. and like the teacher that ends up taking him and snowy in yeah finney finney and his wife dr um yeah starts with a d uh dr it's not Dr. Dorothy, but that's what my mind Do- wants. Yeah, no, yeah, it's something like that. So they are like the good ones. Like they are the good adults. They want to help these kids. Um, and they recognize those other boys as being evil. And then there's, you know, uh, the other guy that takes over as headmaster who has to cow to the, um, to the, uh, yeah, to like the board and the, and the, Right. Yeah, the, the 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 rich parents and stuff. Yes. So he's constantly like immediately projecting his anger at his own powerlessness onto Barney and being like you're the head of this group. You're you're the leader of the cheaters blah 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 because he's the only one that he can punish. Right. Um well and and like later in the book uh is like trying to strike a deal with him and it's just like this is the way the world works. Mm-hmm. Um and like Barney has this little moment of like no it like it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Um which like and like Barney's 
perspective and like his whole thing is built and like his relationship with snowy is so built on secrecy right because mm-hmm. so just to like kind of jump to the, the 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 chase here like snowy um had uh followed the dog back to where it got that bone um and discovered like a secret cave uh, and eventually these two boys together will like excavate the cave to find all of these like ancient ruins of like a tiny uh, a civilization of tiny people yeah um, but like long gone long gone long gone but like left many and very cold very so cold below freezing below freezing very um, important <laughs> so important um but like the every everything of that the between those two kids is uh, about secrets right yeah and yeah. uh all all that like that the wicked headmaster is trying to do is like get information from barney and barney won't tell on his friends who are bullies that he doesn't like he won't reveal uh where they're going where this uh cave is he doesn't even reveal it to like the good teacher that's taking them in like and and Bar- fucking snowy when he takes barney to this cave every time he does this and they, they must go 70 times 80 times mm-hmm. blindfolds him walks him through the woods like yeah spins him around a couple times spins makes him around, him go like, down a i'm sorry 75 seconds sliding down a rock ravine is a long time yeah it's yeah it doesn't it, that's like you're in fucking tomb raider you know that's it doesn't over a minute it's too long <laughs> but there is this thing right that they've found this beautiful like the pursuit of yeah knowledge and the an inquisitiveness right Mm -hmm. that is seen as weak and so they have to hide what they're doing and this little city right this like magical smurf village (laughs) smurfs homes has only survived this long because no one has touched it yes and because like humans have not intervened with it and it's been safe under the sand and then these boys who are still boys, like still children, mm-hmm. are able, they, they they reveal it, they keep it as their secret, they've discovered this lovely thing, be it the joy of childhood, be it the inquisitiveness of that vanishes from many adults, um, be it yeah. some kind of connection between the two of them something yeah well so i i think i think it is part of that uh and i i, I don't mean to like trample the the, the end, end end of your point there but no, it's, no, not, it's okay it's not just that it's um like an innocent like curious thing it's also they have to be so careful with it yeah um because like uh, and because it can be destroyed it, it, it can be destroyed and it's buried under all this sand um and like no exaggeration a full third of this book is just like about how oh to get God. sand out of a cave <laughs> sand well because yeah they'll, they'll like uncover it but then more sand will fall down and it's right. like and the, they, it's like maniacally focused on like what they have to do like calculating tedium. how much sand they have to like move and so there's this like real um commitment to like the mundanity of the craft um call me ishmael am i right uh, abs- yes 100 percent. yeah yeah yeah, there's, felt like there's real Moby Dick stuff in here. It was very tedious, and it's like, this is supposed to be mind-numbingly boring. Yes. And frustrating, because it is, like they'll, like you said, they'll they'll be like, all right, we have to calculate, we have to move this sand, this is like two cubic feet of sand, so we have to like move this over here, and then like, if we do, what if we fill up the river, and the river stops flowing, and like yes. all this stuff. Um, and do, like, we just, the, the, the number of times that like, their trek to the cave is described, um, mm-hmm. Is just like, yeah, no, I get it. You guys go to the cave. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, it, it's it's important that uh, the book makes us sit in that experience 
not not every single time, um, but mm -hmm. multiple times, uh, and just really leaning in on that uh, the the secrecy behind it, um, yeah. and the fact that it is it's important to Barney, but it feels like it's important to Barney because it's important to Snowy. Yeah, to Snowy. Um, I think he's excited by the discovery of it, but he doesn't treat it like it's his child like snowy does snowy definitely does but like there's an element of like protecting snowy too yeah because that's all snowy has yeah and soldier I, of fortune of course i was and soldier of fortune yeah i was actually shockingly touched when barney leaves the hospital and snowy's like so i've still been working like i wanted to show you what i've done and yeah. he's uncovered the entire city he's been working at that yeah still diligently working at this thing it's it's so weird because like it, it's almost a moment or like the 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 setup for it almost feels like it should be one of those things where like barney's like why weren't you by my bed like i thought we were buddies yeah. you know why weren't you at my bedside why why weren't you here when i woke up and instead snowy's like i continued our our glorious work <laughs> in your absence um which like is so it's so sweet it was really sweet and He's like, but I saved this one part for like when you were here. Yeah. And he wanted to like do the the rest of the Coliseum thing or whatever the fuck they were doing. Yeah. yeah there is there's like a, a battle Coliseum where Smurfs yeah. fight snakes. Yeah. Smurfs fight snaves. Snaves. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like really, I don't know. It was like the beauty of this connection between these two boys, like this thing that they get to have, be it the connection between them, be it their status as children still and not yet men who will lose that who, yeah. who have the fear of losing that inquisitive spark and yet we are presented with adults who do not lose that right yeah yeah and that is interesting but who are punished for not losing it right the 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 teachers right the the good the good teacher that takes them in yeah yeah teachers. because he gets he gets fired yeah because he has morals, he cares about what's right. Um, and he also, actually his wife more than him, cares about, like has this inquisitiveness about like the world and discovery and like how, isn't that so amazing? Mm -hmm. um, when the first thing that the bad boys do when they see it is think, oh, these they made this and we're gonna destroy it. They made this and isn't it gay and can't we just trample it? Yeah, yeah, yeah let's trample it. It's It's just so interesting that like, how much of that uh, like performative masculinity is still like stapled onto Snowy with like S Soldier of Fortune? Yeah. Um, and then I, I pulled like a, a couple um, uh, a couple like paragraphs here that like show that it's even it's even still present in um, in Barney that he has like mm -hmm. the sort of like self loathing about how he wants to express himself. Uh, I forget exactly what the context here is, but Barney says I wanted to hug him, talking about Snowy, but mm -hmm. of course, but of course I didn't. Instead, yeah. I high five, I high and low fived him as if he did a grand slam in the World Series. Met his sparkling eyes with mine and gave him three Tobler bars without nuts. Yeah, that's so beautiful. It's and high that's so and heartbreaking. It's as if he hit a grand slam in the World Series, like really trying to butch it up there. Met, yeah, met his sparkling eyes with mine. Can't help it. Can't help it. You can't. You can't pray away the gay boys. You can't. Uh, there, hold on. There's another. Uh, you can't high five away the gay. <laughs> you cannot. You're still I have touching tried. hands, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I've high fived every guy I've met, and I'm only and more I'm gay. St I'm still like kind of gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay, uh, there, there's another the, another point here where uh, Snowy is like talking. Oh, Snowy's just like cracked the the language code. Oh, um, right. And uh, and Barney says, "I shook my head." Or this is the narration. I shook my head slowly. Snowy, I said, but I only uh, but I only thought what I wanted to say that he was probably one of the world's true geniuses, like some kid who gets a hold of a violin when he's ten months old and starts playing Mozart. What Snowy asked. Let's get going. Yeah. Like he can't even say the the thing he wants to like gush about how much he loves his friend and yeah. how how much and he how, thinks his friend is genius. special. Yeah. Yeah. And instead he's like, let's get going. He's suppressing. Yeah. He's constantly suppressing. And it and I think he's recovering, right, from like this horrible relationship he's had with these other terrible boys. Totally. Um, but I loved those moments too. Like not I didn't love it for the characters. I felt bad for them, <laughs> but I did love how they were written and they felt very real. Mm-hmm where there is this feeling of hey fellas is it gay to love your friends yeah yeah you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and even honestly and i know that this is not linked to this but this is just making me think of just tell him yeah just like and and it just like reminds and i know that this is not related but like of when i was talking to lucas and he's like just tell your dad that you remember that no but it but it is just do it 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 is part of it though because it's like what what are the walls you're putting up? Why do yeah. we put those up, right? You're trying and to protect yourself, right? You try to protect yourself, yeah. And you try to protect yourself from like uh, appearing too vulnerable to someone mm-hmm. um, and, you know. It, or letting them hurt you. Yes. Um, and that's that's especially hard in families. Mm-hmm. And it's super hard among uh, young boys, right? Mm-hmm. Like that we're, we're just taught all the time, like, don't be fucking gay, you know, mm-hmm. or at least mm-hmm. I was, you know, I grew up in the eighties and nineties and I'm sure the world is at least a little bit different now for, for kids growing up now. But mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, I, if, if you have a friend and you love them, you shouldn't say that you love them because the other kids will make fun of you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's funny because actually growing up when I'm, you know, I grew up as a little girl, mm-hmm. I, ascribed to that too like you were like a loser or like cheesy if you were yeah if you said anything nice to your friends if you were ever earnest right earnesty is like a target on your fucking back yeah Yeah, it's cringe but it's like i don't know man it's okay to be earnest every once in a while yeah and it's hard it is the stronger thing to do is be vulnerable yeah but i think i've tried to and i feel like our group of friends is good at like earnestness Mm-hmm. Me, you, Ryan, and Colin. And yeah. I like try really hard to tell people when I admire them or when I'm proud of them or anything, you know, like, yeah, because I'd rather, I'd rather you guys know. Right. Well, and I mean, I, I, I don't want to like turn this into like a, a, a jokey thing, but like we also all know each other too well to like, yeah, try and like the, the basis of our friendship isn't like, uh, we're not like trying to impress each other or anything no, like that, you know, no. like um, we just, that. we're just past that. We just know each other now. We're just yeah. people with each other, mm-hmm. um, which means we uh, fuck up and we're scared and mm-hmm. um, uh, we just have to like earnestly express ourselves to each other. Uh, mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean we don't give each other shit. We give each other shit all the time. That's like my top love language is giving someone <laughs> shit. <laughs> love I love language. being scolded by you guys. <laughs> yeah. It's the best. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, one other moment I wanted to just uh, to grab here um, mm-hmm. t- towards the end of the book um, when uh, the the boys uh, the the bad boys have already followed them back to the cave uh, and are like trapped in the cave mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and a fucking uh, Barney pulls out a gun that his father gave him. Yes, um, a lady's pistol. A lady's pistol. There's another like signifier of something. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what. Um, shoots out the the boy's flashlight and all of the lanterns in the cave and then effectively leaves them there to die, right? To freeze to death and die. To freeze to death and die. And starve. He says, I hope they starve. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so he he's like back at, 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 the, at the boarding school um, and there's like a, a dance going on, like the girls' school mm-hmm. from across the river or whatever mm-hmm. is there. Yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> is there to like ha- have a dance. Um, and uh, like he gets, he gets a, uh, quizzed or uh, uh grilled by um the, the the evil headmaster silks is his name silks it's right. got it right here um and uh uh the the he he goes to like step away and is like uh you stay put barney uh and the this is where we pick up the the narration uh barney says i but i did not stay put well silks went to the telephone i opened the window i opened the window the one finney let me out when rudy and his friends were at the door and i walked out and I walked out into the middle of the party. A girl asked me to dance. I stared right through her. I wandered down to the stables again. Yeah. S- straight past the girl, right? Sh- to the one he loves. Straight past the girl. And yeah, what just just wanted to get back with Snowy, get back to their project together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a very sweet, sad thing. And then, so like at, at the end, uh, he it's just Barney uh, and they've excavated like a tomb, right? Yeah, a casket because Snowy's hiding, right? Or yeah. where is he? He's hiding. I mean, Snowy. I think Snowy had this experience in the cave where <laughs> where Barney starts shooting fools, and it's yeah. like I'm fucking out. Yeah, um, yeah. Bails completely. I mean, he tries to shoot the guys. Doesn't can't figure out the the pistol. Right, because there's and, a mechanism, trick mechanism. You have to yeah. like touch both of the eyes of the peacock or something like that. You have to like slide a jewel or I don't, yeah. who knows. Um, but uh, so it, whatever the case, it's just Barney in there, um, and he like picks up the little casket uh, and is like, "I'm gonna open this thing and I'm gonna see a fucking Smurf corpse." Yeah, um, and he doesn't do it. He doesn't open it up because he can't have that discovery without his friend. Yeah, I know. And that's basically how the book ends. That's how the book ends. Yeah. I also, and then he gets like a letter where his. Yeah, where uh, where Snowy has a new roommate who is a character that we met earlier in the book. Yeah. Um, And it sounds like Snowy is taking this new kid around to the cave. Yeah, but that doesn't upset Barney. He's like, no. oh, like, that's good that he's still doing the cave thing. Yeah, it's, it's I have a tough time like wrapping my head around around like barney's like actions and sort of feelings at the end there like like yeah i I get him i get him not wanting to experience the uh smurf skeleton without snowy (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i get that but then for him to be like well that's the end of that relationship and just like maybe he's just gonna stay closeted for the rest of his life i mean maybe maybe or maybe just for a couple years and then in college he'll figure it out Right, sure. I mean, this is eighty-seven. It's still a very scary time to be gay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it changes. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just like a sad little. Yeah, it's it. Slice this of book a story. is sad. Yeah. 
and it it has many different moments of sad, like a bunch of small sadnesses. Mm-hmm. I also really loved the moment when, uh, what's the nice teacher's name? What, Finny. Finny. So Finny like grills uh, uh, Barney. He's like, okay, so you shot those boys. That's whack. Um, and he's and like, Barney's like, you... yeah, here's the gun, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, so you shot the, you shot their lanterns, and he's like, yeah, and he's like, but did you want to shoot them? And he was like, yeah, and he's like, I'm really, he's like, that's good because well, and, you wanted to and you didn't. Yeah, and and but Barney then is like, no, but I fucking wish that I did because they're gonna grow up. Yeah, those are bad boys that are gonna grow up to be bad men. They're gonna be bad men. And like the list of things that he says they're going to do as bad men, um, you know beat their wives and kids and you know uh just be a destructive forces in the world mm-hmm. like I, it's just dealing with some like really dark themes of like mm-hmm. what do you do when you get genuinely mad at people that you think are bad mm-hmm. you know um yeah i i thought that this story was a really hmm this story just felt like we got to see a little bit of like a very special secret yeah yeah. That changed someone forever. I thought this was a really good book, to yeah. be honest. It yeah. was I thought so it too. was really good. Um well and just like it it's one of the you know, my favorite kind of uh metaphor for any like really for fucking anything, um, mm-hmm. is when something outrageous is treated, you know, literally and you have to like draw the experiences between this outrageous thing and what you may experience in in, mm-hmm. in life, um, and sharing this experience of excavating a tiny Smurf village in a freezing <laughs> cave, um, you know, on its face absurd, but right. just uh, just knowing that like the analog is two friends share a secret. Mm-hmm. And the secret is hard for them to keep. It's a strain on their relationship. It's a lot of work for the two of them. That the analog there could be any number of things. You mm-hmm. know, I my my mind immediately went to um, a, a, a sexual attraction, a relationship mm-hmm. between the boys. But it could it could be anything. It could be mm-hmm. any secret that two kids share. Um, and like the fact that it never really like tips its hand about like this is what the metaphor was. Um, mm-hmm. And even like muddies it up a little bit with uh, Barney wishing he had shot the kids or uh, Snowy being into Soldier of Fortune mm-hmm. and having his own macho bullshit. Um, like, but, but I think that that still keeps it. I don't know if that even muddies it. Because, okay. because I think people can be, what's the word? Yeah, people are complicated. They can complicated. Like, two like, things can, can be true be, at once. Yeah, you can be part of the thing that enslaves you. Absolutely, like, you can yes. be that thing. So I think like they are. They do not live unscathed in the world that right. seeks to oppress them. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's actually, I guess, maybe a muddy isn't really what uh, is 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 isn't the right word. So much as just like it shows that everyone is reflections of the same. Yeah. Problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was really. It was really fucking cool. And it. And it really felt, it felt like, and I, the reason I brought up Ray Bradbury is because he does this as well in Something Wicked This Way Comes, which is kind of an adult writing about childhood that is leaving mm-hmm. and writing about it in a way that is not, that's knowing, it's like, how, how do I describe this? Like knowing that those times are temporary and the, yeah, that those and you are, can never, I mean, like, you can never yeah. go back home, Yeah, right? Yeah. You can't. And like, even if, because that's the other thing, he knows that cave is there, he's not going to go back. Well, he so he's at this boarding school for really just this year, right? Like yeah. this is and then it. he's going to go to high school or something. 
he's going to go to another school. Uh, there was a little bit where maybe he was going to go to like uh, a French monk, yeah, uh, <laughs> like convent academy. I don't yeah. know. Then or now the he's going to Exeter, academy. which now is like the best Exeter, school. Yeah. So he's uh, going to go there. But like all of that is like you say, that sort of like heightened, like the transient moment in time where it's just like, mm -hmm. here's who you are in this specific space at this specific time. And you cannot, mm -hmm. you, you have to leave it. Mm -hmm. And like truly like the only way you can keep it is to leave it because yeah. if you were to stay, it would change with you. But if you leave, then it will always be that magical year that you and Snowy found this weird Smurf village. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that Snowy stays and keeps doing it. I, I mean, the, the, yeah, I, 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 don't I know. think that Snowy represents a choice to not to not move on to not grow up like it, it, to there's not, like a state of arrested development in in snowy's and i don't even think it's necessarily bad right i think it's that he's refusing to give up his inquisitiveness and his his genuine like his protectiveness over fleeting right whatever it may be childhood right. sexuality whatever whereas barney took a dip in it saw how beautiful life could be and was like, yeah, but now I have to, you know, I got to go work for the man. Jeez, but like, d is that a choice that he, it, it's obviously a choice that he makes, but is it, is it that, or is it that he's like sort of forced into making that? Cause like, he's the one that's driven to, and he doesn't actually shoot the boys, right? He shoots mm -hmm. their, he shoots their equipment so they can't see. Um, but like, he takes the gun away from Snowy, mm -hmm. like, uh, cause uh, literally because Snowy can't figure out the gun, Yeah, but like, the symbolic action is that like he's taking the option for violence out mm -hmm. of snowy's hand and taking it on himself because mm -hmm. he's like this is what i can do to protect this thing mm -hmm. uh, and in so doing has to let it go yeah exactly i think that's it and i think he also right like he is still making the choice to go to exeter because it's the best school and because it's like his dad bemoans like i liked his dad how he was like damn i really made you think you had to do what i <laughs> did yeah. like you don't have to do whatever you want His like this school great. is Barney's evil. dad is the best he was great he was like this school sucks like t get out of there and he's like oh i have to stay and he's like whatever man but like are you sure you don't want to tell me about your smurf cave and he's i like, know he wanted nope. to know so bad but that was the thing which is like he chose to then go to exeter and just like do the normal thing yeah yeah it's oh man it uh did you end up watching the last of us I didn't finish okay because I season didn't finish the season there's uh I, mean, I plan to watch it I just haven't did did you watch the uh the Bill and Frank episode the no episode I stopped at episode one. Oh no uh I know well, so there, there's just like echoes of like that dynamic of like um there's the the one person who is uh like the the nurturer who's going to like protect the things that you mm -hmm. they're not not protect the things that you love but like uh, like makes the things that you love beautiful and mm -hmm. uh, nourishes them. And then there's the other, uh, the other arm of that, the other part of the couple that can protect it with violence. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that's obviously a dynamic that's extended through to Joel and Ellie. Right. And that's not a mm -hmm. romantic relationship, of course, but like, uh, you know, Ellie likes telling jokes and has like a, a comic collection and is just mm -hmm. like fun. She's easy to like. Uh, mm -hmm. And then Joel will protect that with you know, whatever he needs to, um, mm -hmm. usually violence. Uh, and it's neat to see that reflected here and that like Barney is our sort of like 
violence character, even though he doesn't, you know, it's not something that he seeks out, but like when driven to it, he's the one who does it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 This was a really good book. Yeah. yeah I'd say really read good. it if you want to like feel kind of sad, but also like I don't, it really felt like, oh, wow, I got to share that specialness. Like that's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Like you were let in on a, pri- on mm-hmm. a private moment for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought this was a really good book, so read it. Um, thank you so much, Patrick, for reading it and talking with me about it and talking about like so many things. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we went we went wide on this one. <laughs> we did go wide. Um, but you're always such a pleasure to have on the pod. It's a um, delight, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I always know it's gonna be a good one. It was funny, I was like feeling kind of tired before we recorded and in my head I was like, Oh, but it'll be Patrick. So like it'll be it'll <laughs> we'll be, be fine. fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so thank you so much to Patrick. Um, do you have anything you'd like to plug and where can people find you online? Sure. Well, I, the best place to find me is on the Nintendo cartridge society podcast. Uh, or if you would like to support us, uh, with money, you can go to the, uh, patreon.com slash Nintendo cartridge society. Uh, cause we have that now. Um, Woo-hoo! we are doing a mini series over there. Uh, if you are subscribing at the eight bit or 16 bit tiers, um, Thank you. Uh, called uh, NCS Detective Club. We're watching all the great detective shows uh, of television history uh, and talking about them, uh, like really doing, uh, you know, like beat by beat, clue by clue breakdowns of of these oh things. Oh my god, that's amazing! We just did an episode on uh, Marple, the uh, Agatha Christie's Marple. Ah. Um, and each of those episodes uh, of of the show are like ninety minutes long. Um, and it's just, you know, it's, it's, uh, an Agatha Christie book, uh, condensed down into 90 minutes. So every scene is like eight clues and four red herrings. Chock um, full of clues. Wow. Chock, so many clues. Um, so we talked about those two episodes for almost four hours. <laughs> <gasps> oh my God. Uh, we're having so much fun. Um, That's and awesome. we are coming up on the miniseries finale, which is going to be Columbo. <gasps> Huge. Very excited. Wow. Well, then make sure you guys check that out. Um, NCS is such a delightful podcast. And I know that we have like some crossover fans, but really take a listen to it. It it feels like home. And this new project through Patreon sounds so cool. Um, So make sure you guys sign up there uh, if you are in the place to do so. Um, Thank you so much to everybody who listens. We really appreciate you. A special shout out to our Patreon listeners. Patreon.com slash Teen Creeps. we got a lot of really cool stuff on there for you. Lindsay still joins us. Uh, joins me for the um, outside genre episodes and the minisodes. Uh, we took some very unhinged quizzes recently, and we also <laughs> covered my heart as a chainsaw. Uh, and we should be uh, reaching out to our uh, raffle winner uh, shortly for this month. And so we'll have a, an, another outside genre book coming out. Um, and we also like Lindsay and I have been talking about like maybe doing like a fun monthly thing for the Patreon. Not sure what it'll look like yet, but like Ooh. something. Something like fun and zesty for everyone. What a tease. Um, I know. I know. So patreon.com slash teen creeps. Um, and a very special pa- uh, personalized shout out to our Patreon producers who go for the $15 a month level. Thank you. Adam Howitz, Amanda K, Amy T, Ann Dwyer, Caitlin L, Carrie Ham, Charlie B, Courtney McPhail, Danielle Lamana, Danny B, Drew Ronis, Ellie Lagos, Emma, Emma M, Aaron B, Gabriela Santiago, Gwendolyn Ludovic, Hannah L., Jason H., Jeremy Cronk, Jeremy Goodfellow and Marco Pavlicich, Jesse T., Jessica Smith-Harper, Jessica U., Jonathan Venable, Kat Miller, Katie Olsner, 
Keith Anderson, Kelly Burns, Carrie N., Coy, Landry Desmond, Luring Wynn, Laura Hooper, Matthew M., Megan Lozier, Malady, Micah Eunice, Miguel Camacho, Miranda Hester, Molly G., Molly Marks, Noah Spargo, Nor Orion, Rachel C., Rashad Black, Randy Klett, Rebecca Goss, Robert F., Rogue Kalahua, Sasha Gibson, Shannon P., Sylvie T., Victoria Beck, and Whitney E. Thank you so much. We really, really appreciate you. Um, and again, thank you to Patrick. You were uh, such a joy as always. Um, and next week, um, I my brain hurts too much to think about what we're covering next week. So that will just be a <laughs> surprise for everyone. Uh, and uh, until next week, um, keep it creepy. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.